Boy, I'll tell you, persecution is a rather difficult subject, isn't it? Especially since, uh, Thank you. since it is something that we seem to be facing it more and more on a daily basis. He mentions blogs, which is very true. There's a lot of things that people are saying and writing about Christians. Um, there's the questionable accusations against the Alabama senator candidate, Judge Moore, who um, nobody can prove one way or the other question is, is this a spiritual battle? Is this something that Satan has brought opposition because he does have such a strong stand for Christ and a public stand for Christ? We can't know for sure one way or the other. Only God can know. But we shouldn't be surprised if this is just a lie from Satan. After all, that's what Satan would love to do to each and every one of us to bring lying accusations and accuse us of things. Today, we see people accusing us of being haters, of being bigots, of being the term they love and they talk about it being homophobes. The problem is that some of these things they accuse us of are totally blown out of proportion. It's not that we hate individuals, it's that we hate sin because of how destructive sin is in our lives. It's not that we hate the individual, but we hate the behavior because God condemns that behavior. I wanted to read this quote from Genesis. It's by Arthur Pink. And it starts off, and he says here, From the beginning, the Lord himself placed an inveterate enemy between the serpent and the Savior, and those belonging to, to the one or the other. And the proportion as the disciples of Christ follow his example. Walk as he walked reflect his image. Will they be opposed by Satan and his seed? If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. That's in John fifteen, eighteen, and 20. God has predestinated his children to be conformed to the image of his son. Romans 8:29. First in holiness, then in suffering. Afterward in glory. Scripture reveals the solemn fact that Christian is menaced by deadly foes who will show him no quarter 
nor relax in their efforts to destroy him. And this is by Arthur W. Pink. If you look, and I, I, I it's rather interesting. I, I like what he says here about that we've been predestined to be conformed to his image first in holiness. In other words, when we become a Christian, he makes us holy. He puts his holy righteousness on us. But then it says, in suffering. A lot of times we don't think about that. Especially in this country where it seems so foreign to think of persecution. You know, this country was founded on these principles of of being willing to accept other people in their beliefs. And in many ways, for many, for almost a, almost two centuries it seems, this was the case where the Christian faith, though predominant, we still were willing to receive and accept. And now the way people are turning away from God and turning away from the church and turning away from Christ, we're now seeing a, a, a backlash where people are condemning Christians. People are laughing at Christ and at people who stand for Christ. People are ridiculing what we stand for. That's because they don't want to be exposed by the light of God's truth. But it is our responsibility, as he says, to, to look and understand that They are lost. And their destination is a horrifying thought. And it is up to us to be the message. It's not just saying words, it's living the life of Christ. It's being Christ himself, which means being light. Light exposes sin. But light also attracts those who want something better. Light attracts and, and draws people in that want to know what it is that are that are searching now it's him who puts those that searching in their hearts but still being the light we are the ones that can show the way he talks about this and one of the questions if you look at this next thing here at this question it says, forewarned is forearmed. What does this mean? Dr. Ferguson then uses this statement in connection with the assertion that we should not uh, 
expect a Christian life or the community life or the church ever to be without opposition and antagonism because we do not belong to the world. What does this mean? What does it say to our constant striving for the world's acceptance? So what do you think when he says being forewarned is forearmed? Right. Means that we've been warned ahead of time. We're right, we're prepared for it. So I think what what he's getting at here is remember Jesus um last Sunday when, when we were doing the the message I, I talked about how Paul showed his commitment that in spite of him being told of his great suffering, he still walked into the ministry knowing ahead of time that he was going to suffer. And Jesus is saying the same thing to us. He's saying, if you truly follow me, you will experience opposition. So the first thing he's saying is, don't be surprised. Be ready for it. I think this is what he's getting at here, is that we should prepare ourselves. And how do you prepare yourself for that kind of battle? <laughs> yeah. I think the first thing to prepare ourselves for that battle is that God's word is important. I think it's understanding that, first of all, this battle is a spiritual battle. We may have people making accusations. We may have people that are ridiculing. We may have people that are saying things, and we're seeing all this happening, and we think of it in terms of what we're seeing physically in this world. But really, there are spirits behind this that are prompting this behavior. And that's the lying spirits of Satan. So this is a spiritual battle. And he wants us to be prepared spiritually for the battle. And to be prepared spiritually is to first acknowledge that this is a battle. And second, as Paul tells us in Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God. That's armor designed for spiritual warfare. And that's armor that we need to be thinking about. It's not something that we just sort of put it on and it's there forever. No. Every day we need to prepare for the day's battle. Every day we need to prepare ourselves. We need to be ready and understand and have that viewpoint that when opposition comes, one of the things they're trying to do is provoke a response that is not Christian. What does that mean? They make some sort of a stupid accusation and you get all mad and you respond in anger. Or 
you get all humiliated and you cringe. Or any number of responses, but what the Lord wants us to do is understand. Stand tall. Be patient. Be loving. Be compassionate. And in doing that, in fighting the battle his way, as opposed to the way the world is trying to fight it, we have the answer that cannot be responded to. How can somebody respond and say, you're a hater when you show love and compassion? So that's the, the key that we have to understand is that we have to be prepared for this spiritual battle. And that's what he's getting at here is that, that this is a battle that is spiritual in nature and that being prepared means preparing spiritually every day because a battle is going to come every day. Okay, let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you have given us your word to prepare for the battle at hand. We thank you that this battle is for the souls of men. And that you want us to be that light that shows your love to those around us. And we pray that you'll prepare us for that, that even when we face opposition, when we shine that light, that you will bless the light and draw people to you, that they might come to know you and come to understand your grace in their lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.